Hey y'all, welcome to Title Pending. I'm your host Rocket, and this was going to be a Week 9 review. The Cowboys did not play in Week 9, so I still watch football all day on Sunday and also on Thursday because I'm a football addict. And being a football addict, rather than do something boring like just a normal Week 9 review, I'd rather talk about something more interesting like talking about young quarterbacks, and there are a lot of them. The NFL is starting to see a change into the guard. Rodgers, Tom Brady... Matt Ryan's already been benched uh, and may never see another snap in the NFL. Beyond beyond that, we're just seeing a lot of more of the changing of the guard that we saw kind of in the mid-2000s as more quarterbacks cycle in and out. And we're starting to see the oldest, the elder statesman that might be here starting next year is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is going to be the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL maybe next year if some if some things like Brady retiring happen or Rodgers retiring or Matt Ryan never stepping on the field again, which is looking pretty likely. Uh, so I feel now is a good time to talk about young quarterbacks and some of the situations they could get put in and kind of put them in classes as to how I feel teams are helping them or how they're helping themselves and maybe kind of splitting them together to kind of group them together and kind of understand like how some teams build around their quarterback while some don't. So let's get started talking about the situations that they get put in. Uh, if any of you saw the early 2000s Sextons, everybody knows about David Carr and how he died because of poor O-line play. Obviously not literally, but that ruined his career. Um, poor O-line play is a common trait of any young quarterback that gets drafted early because the team is the team is typically a trash fire when you get drafted when you get drafted that high. You're not expecting to win early, but you're expecting your quarterback to show flashes. And that's just difficult when you don't have any line play. Or along with some other teams just don't have any skill position players like receivers, running backs, or tight ends to help to help their, their QBs along. I mean, like look like if you look at teams like the Bears or even the Ravens right now, there's just very little talent there to support their quarterback. Uh, you see a lot of young quarterbacks get protected a lot by their coaches. They get put out they get put in run-heavy schemes, or they get put in schemes that don't ask them to do a whole lot. And I feel like while that may work in the short term, that can get really stale in the long term and really stunt their growth. And we're starting to see that with a couple quarterbacks in the NFL that have been in the NFL for a little bit. Um, they, sometimes you draft a young quarterback, and you didn't draft him super high, but you still drafted him in the first round with the expectation that he's the future of your franchise. And he gets put in a couple years too early before he's really learned the position. And you're just... and they just look lost and that can really hurt their development. But the primary thing that comes up as an issue with, with teams that have young quarterbacks is that the coaches and the people in the front office really need to keep their jobs. So there's no long-term security and no long-term plan because how can you long-term plan in the NFL when there's no guarantee you're even here the next year? So you'll get a lot of first-time coaches or first-time GMs that are really desperately trying to keep their job. So... We're going to put these quarterbacks into, into not necessarily tiers, but into classes of similar structures of team around them. So we're going to start with the class that I like to call Y. They're called Y because I have no idea why anybody drafted them, especially not that high. So that's going to be Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett. And why not? I'll throw Sam Ellinger in there. I know. Here's a sixth-round pick. I know. I know. Um, so I want to talk like... The decision-making to draft a quarterback that that high, or in the case of Ellinger at all, uh, when you consider some of the traits they have or that they lack, is baffling to me. Mac Jones, was in particular, when he was coming out of college, you, 
when he was at Bama, there was very little there that indicated, okay, this guy is going to be a plus NFL quarterback. His receiver room was crazy. The supporting cast he had there was insane. And one of the biggest criticisms coming out of college was that he doesn't have the arm talent of an NFL quarterback. And when you get a guy who's claimed to be NFL ready, like Mac Jones was, which was the whole reason he was getting first-round buzz, you kind of expect him to look a lot better when they get asked to do things outside of structure than what what Jones is being asked to do now. Or even in structure, when they're asked to make more complex reads, you expect him to be able to deliver something that Jones has not been able to do so far. Now, Kenny Pickett, it's early, early, but... The first round buzz for him, admittedly, I I was against both Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett when they got drafted. So it is possibly bias on my part, but you just very rarely see quarterbacks succeed when they don't have some of these traits that you're looking for in a franchise caliber quarterback. Pickett doesn't have elite level traits at anything. He's not a particularly great processor. He's not a particularly great runner. He's not a particularly physically imposing p- specimen. He's not a particularly great he doesn't have particularly great arm talent. There's very little there that indicates he's going to be anything. And right now, he's putting up some of the worst stats the NFL has seen since the merger. He is bad if you adjust, even adjusting for era. Mike, Mike Tomlin, I, he has job security, but this is a pick that could really cost all that job security that he's built up over a decade plus with the Steelers. I just don't see it with Pickett. He doesn't have much help. The Steelers traded away Chase Claypool. They... It's just Najee Harris, and their O-line is terrible. Pick, they obviously had Mitch Trubisky there with the expectation that he would be good enough to be a bridge quarterback, but it's Mitch Trubisky. It turned out that he was not good enough, and they had to throw Pickett in there just to try something, and he has completely floundered. They asked him to sink or swim, and so far he's sinking. Now, it might be a little too early to call to say, okay, Pickett's going to be nothing, but who knows. Um, I just don't see it right now. Sam Ellinger... Got thrown in with the Colts this year. Six-round pick. Obviously, you're not expecting much from him. But there's they're just starting him because they need somebody to start. Matt Ryan's falling apart. They The carousel of doing the one-done thing with the Colts has really come back to bite them, especially now that their O-line has fallen off. Ryan Kelly is not the same, and Quentin Nelson got paid and has not been remotely the same quality of guard since, since he got the big contract. And... Ellinger is just, he's just going to be stuck there and he's just going to flounder. It's tough for him. It's a bad situation that he's not really expected to do anything in. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up some ends up being shipped off to some other team that he's just a long-term backup or even a third stringer there. Tough, tough situation for him. I just, this class of QB with Jones, Pick, and Ellinger, it's, it's just confusing to me how they ended up where where they are in the situation they are because it feels like teams that don't really have a plan uh i know bill belichick uh, greatest coach of all time you can say all that but he has really struggled when it comes to drafting even in the later years of tom brady which is a lot of the reason brady left they did not help brady a lot uh and mac jones i never saw it coming out of college maybe he that changes but usually when a quarterback lacks elite physical traits or really any elite traits, they don't tend to be very good at the NFL level. So moving on from that class, I want to talk about the next class, which I like to call the anti-Bill Polian class. Uh, if you know anything about Bill Polian, you'll understand why they're named this. Uh, it's the cl- it's a class including Justin Fields, Malik Willis, and Lamar Jackson. Now that, those 
three quarterbacks are very different in terms of quality on the field. Obviously, Lamar is a former MVP, and obviously, Justin Fields looks like he might have figured it out, and he might be the future of the Bears. And Malik Willis looks like he's never thrown a football in his life before. But they're all at different stages of their development, but I feel like they are all being failed the exact same way. So, with one of the biggest things that I feel like young quarterbacks get screwed over in is schematic help. Um, and you're starting, you saw it a lot with fields. They didn't ask fields to do, they didn't ask fields to use his legs a lot, a long time. Matt Nagy should have been fired exclusively for what he was asking fields to do last year. And you see the same thing kind of with Malik Willis and especially with Lamar. Lamar is being asked to do basically everything in that Ravens offense. And right now they have no talent around him. And that's the same thing with fields and Willis. They, None of these teams have helped their quarterback out by giving them a number one target they can look to. You can say Mark Andrews with Lamar, but Mark Andrews is ultimately just a tight end. And unless you're Travis Kelsey, that isn't anywhere near equivalent to a number one wide receiver. And Mark Andrews is not Travis Kelsey. He's a great tight end, but he's not he's not going to be that guy. Lamar needs more help. Uh, and it doesn't help that all three of these teams have really bad offensive lines. There's just very little support being asked for teams that would, these are mobile quarterbacks and I feel like they're being portrayed as running backs to the media when that could be that couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. Justin Fields throws a beautiful ball when he's got time and I feel like his development has been really hampered by the fact that the Bears have not given him anybody to throw to. So while yes, you could say the Chase Claypool trade was a little over a little bit of an overpay, a very big overpay. They're at least trying to rectify some of the mistakes they've made with Fields by giving him somebody to throw to. Malik Willis, way too soon to tell for him, but he's not ready. That's why he Tannehill's there. I'm not gonna say anything about him right now, but all it does is it kind of it kind of makes the AJ Brown trade feel even more confusing because how are you going to help your young quarterback when you don't have any wide receivers? Yes, Robert Woods was a signing, but Robert Woods coming off the injury is not quite the same Robert Woods that you saw in L.A. the last few years. Uh, and they have some nice tight ends. Jeff Swaim is okay. Uh, Chigo Conquo, he looked good last night. I think he might be something in the NFL. But again, like, there's nothing there. Uh, Lamar, Lamar, all three of these guys are being are being coached to be a bit over-reliant on the running game. Um, and yes, that helped Lamar win an MVP, but if the Ravens want to pay Lamar Jackson, they need to figure out what they have in him. And they are really struggling to get him to to run a scheme that allows him to throw the ball with any kind of, compl- with any kind of complexity. And f- every time we see Lamar get a chance to actually throw it, f- for the most part, he's delivered. And I just feel like the Ravens, and especially Greg Roman... I am a noted anti-Greg Roman guy, uh, mostly because he tends to have one good year with a mobile quarterback and then immediately gets figured out and then it's over. Uh, and you see that again, it's just Lamar is superhuman, so he's being so he's helping Roman out a ton when Roman's not scheming up great great passing concepts. But the all three of these quarterbacks ended up being over-reliant on the run game. Uh, Fields has shown that he that he's an elite runner in the same tier as Lamar so far. Now that they've actually started asking him to use his legs. But they need to do better at getting these guys some help. And especially at getting at getting them that number one target that can take some pressure off from defenses. That allows them to use their legs to maximum capacity. 
Now, those three have gotten very little help for different reasons from our next class. So our next class, I like to call the Atlas class because they're holding up the weight of the entire franchise. You could say Lamar is in this class, but I find it funnier for him to be in the anti-Bilbolian class. They're similar classes, not quite the same thing. So anyway, the Atlas class. So this is Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and Trevor Lawrence. Now, again, three very different quarterbacks. Herbert, and, Herbert is the best of them at the moment, but they're all held back by different things. That, that By different things that relate still to scheme. So Herbert is being held back by Joe Lombardi, his offensive coordinator. Kyler Murray is being held back by maybe Call of Duty, but also most likely his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who has failed up at every position he's ever been in in the sport of football. He couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, which if you know anything about college football, that is really embarrassing. Um, and Trevor Lawrence is being failed by the fact that he, had, that he has Urban Meyer, that he had Urban Myers as head coach last year. Um so with Herbert, Lombardi has Herbert's cannon arm, maybe the best arm in the NFL, up there with Allen and Mahomes. They, he has him throwing the Jason Garrett special of third down. Everybody turn around and look back at the sticks and to predictable results. The, char the Chargers just don't have just don't have the offense right now that you'd expect with the quarterback they have behind center. Uh, obviously, that's also due to injuries. Keenan Allen been hurt various times of the year. Basically, all of Herbert's targets are hurt. Same for Kyler, really. Hopkins has been out for six for six weeks. He's back now. But there's just... The scheming has been awful. Uh, Cliff's, Cliff's scheme asked Kyler to do way too much. At the same time, Kyler has been flawed this year and in years past. And who knows how far they can go with him. But these guys need to, be, need to have more help in terms of scheming. And also, they need to be protected less. Like, Herbert is being has this cannon arm and he's they're running essentially the same offense they had him running at Oregon that had everybody doubting whether he could be an NFL quarterback or not as for Trevor Lawrence they gave him some help they signed Christian Kirk they drafted ETN last year they gave him help but at the same time this is basically his rookie year and you're seeing rookie year mistakes a lot of a lot of bad miscues in the red zone especially he's but he's moving the ball there's talent there I'd argue the biggest issue is that he's too over-reliant on his arm right now he trusts his arm too much rather than trusting his eyes instead. Uh, so they're overprotected a little bit by their coaches. You got a lot of you got a lot of too much running or in the case of Staley, Staley is a defensive minded head coach. That's just not something you want when you have a young quarterback and that's been seen through decades of the NFL. Uh, and they're on three very funny franchises. Like the Chargers are charging every week. It doesn't matter. They're cursed. If you've seen Phillip Rivers, they've had an elite quarterback or a near-elite quarterback for essentially 20 years now, and they just charge her. And the Cardinals are the Cardinals. They're one of the worst franchises in American sports. So, yes, Kyler is flawed. Yes, he's bad at certain things. Yes, Cliff Kingsbury sucks. But who knows? The Cardinals just might just be, just might be cursed as well. Uh, they don't win a lot of games in the playoffs. They never have, outside of one year with Kurt Warner. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is in Jacksonville, and... Shad Khan, who knows if he even wants to own the franchise. It's just rough when you have three supremely talented guys. Uh, two of them were number one overall picks for a reason. And Justin Herbert is, has one of the most gifted arms in the NFL. Uh, it, it's just really tough to talk about how little help they're getting. And in, in the sense of how much is being put on their shoulders. It's very different from how the Justin Fields, Malik Willis, Lamar Jackson crew are basic are getting 
too little help in the passing game, but getting a lot of help in the run game. Whereas these guys are not getting help anywhere. So they're being asked, okay, well, we to do everything for their franchise, essentially. And then the fourth class, this is just one guy by himself. It's Zach Wilson. I like to call this class Josh Allen Prime because Zach Wilson, he's clearly the original Josh Allen. The Josh Allen we are seeing on the field was is from some alternate universe because that is not the Josh Allen I saw at Wyoming. Uh, talking about Zach Wilson, he's got the talent. You saw it in college at BYU, but the inaccuracy and terrible decision-making, and he's got a good team around him this year. Robert Sala has led the Jets to 6-3, and three, but Zach Wilson in their last four wins for the Jets has accrued less than 80 passing yards, less than 80 air passing yards on his throws. They're, he's just not, he's, he's showing that he's not the guy right now. Um, just poor decision making. He's incredible off platform, but it kind of, it, it's like Walmart Mahomes. He just doesn't have the, the things mentally like up upstairs in between the ears that you want in your franchise quarterback. And who knows that changes. He's been hurt a lot in his short career, but the Jets need better because they have a very talented team. Wilson could be wasting a Super Bowl contender right now. I know it's the Jets, so maybe that's too early, but they he, he needs to be better. But at the same time, you could also argue that Salah being a defensive-minded head coach is not really helping Wilson out. But we've also seen Joe Flacco perform better, and we're seeing guys like Elijah Moore show frustration when they when Will, with Wilson at quarterback. It's a it's a mess of things, but Wilson is on a really good team right now. And he just needs to figure it out if the Jets want to build a sustainable winner and stop being the, one of the laughing stocks the NFL. There, so he was in his own category because I thought I thought it was funny. I don't know how much you got. Uh, I don't know how much difference there is really between him and the next class, except for really that he's the one showing he's not the guy. Whereas the next five guys who started also who basically all started on Sunday except for Hurts on Thursday, that they are that they might be the guy. So this is the class I call supported stalwarts because their teams are supporting them and they're showing they might be stalwart quarterbacks for the next decade. Uh, so this is Tua Tagovailoa, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow. So all five of these guys, they're getting tons of help, which people need to start realizing that giving your quarterback help does not mean they are less valuable. Uh, it Just because they're being given help does not mean that your quarterback is worse. Giving your quarterback help just plays to their strengths and allows them to show why they are good. Uh, with Tua, they added Tyreek Hill. They drafted Jalen Waddle. They gave him an offensive-minded head coach in Mike McDaniel, who has looked spectacular in year one, whether it's fourth down decision-making or scheming offensively. He's used Hill and Waddle's insane speed to heights the NFL might has really never seen before. They're breaking the NFL statistically. Tyreek Hill is on pace for the most receiving yards in NFL history. And that is crazy in year one of a head coaching job. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, we all know, freak of nature, but he's had talent around him ever since he stepped on he stepped onto the field. Um, with he's got Andy Reid behind him, best offensive coach probably of the last thirty years, if not longer. Uh, Josh Allen, they gave him Stephon Diggs, they gave him an offensive line, they got an offensive minded head coach in Sean McDermott, and he has taken off from there. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit for that because he's done a lot of offseason work with Jordan Palmer, they, QB coach. They've really worked off to the side to get his mechanics down and get him to be very different from the guy he was at Wyoming. Jalen Hurts, also, we saw they trade for A.J. Brown. 
They got rid of Zach Ertz to let Dallas Goddard thrive. They have the best offensive line in, in the NFL. And Howie Roseman does not care about, about not supporting his quarterback. He will give him everything he needs to win. We saw it with Wentz, and they are not scared to make moves. Nick Sirianni looks like a talented young head coach, much as I much as I find him annoying. Uh, and overall, the Eagles have done an excellent job building around a quarterback that they weren't sure could be the guy until this until this year. Who knows if Hurts is still that guy? They're not asking him to do a ton in that offense, but they are. But they gave him enough help to where they can identify what he's weak at, and maybe they can get better at it. Joe Burrow, the draft of Jamar Chase. You could argue they aren't. They haven't given him enough offensive line help. However, I think that is more on Burrow and his penchant to take a lot of bad sacks because he's desperate because he's desperate to make the big play. And you're starting to see that now he's getting sacked a little less because he's been checking it down more and understanding. I think how how to how to attack defenses more. Uh, Jamar, they got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That's an excellent wide receiver core. Joe Mixon's a little overrated in my opinion, but he just had a great game against Carolina, one of the best games in NFL history, realistically. Uh, but at the same time. He's been he's been up and down the last couple years, but still a pretty solid running back, and they've given him defensive talent around him. So they're they've given Burrow what he needs to succeed outside of offensive line. But as a team, you can't really get everything for your quarterback. It's not feasible. So the only issue is unlike the other four, where Tua got Mike McDaniel, Patrick Mahomes got Andy Reid, Josh Allen got Sean McDermott, and Jalen Hurts got Nick Sirianni. Joe Burrow stuck with Zach Taylor. And that is probably the only reason the Bengals are really below those four QBs in terms of tiers, like as team tiers. Because right now the Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles all look like elite teams. The Bengals, they just don't have the right head coach. I, Zach Taylor should have been fired a couple years, should have been fired last year. The playoff run get, bought him time, but he needs to go. Uh, and I think what this class tells you about young quarterbacks is really that offensive-minded head coaches are crucial for a young quarterback's development. They are big, they're a big deal. You really got to get your young quarterback to mind meld with a coach who really knows what they're talking about on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive head coaches, they just don't they they don't provide enough value because defenses isn't aren't sustainable year to year. Whereas I whereas going support, going out supporting your quarterback with a coach that can talk to him and get the scheme right for his strengths is a important deal because if you want to build a sustainable winner, because ultimately, when you're talking about sustainability in the NFL, it starts at the quarterback position. And most importantly, they also took all took risks on their quarterback. With Tua, they traded for Tyreek Hill, they traded picks for him. They trade with Mah- with Mahomes, they let him sit a year. They let him sit a year behind Alex Smith. They took the risk of taking him high, but also they were patient enough to let him sit a year before putting him in and throwing him out in the fire. With Josh Allen, they traded for Stephon Diggs. They bet it all on Allen being that guy. Or if he wasn't that guy, they have Diggs for the next quarterback. With Jalen Hurts, same deal. They bet on A.J. Brown and that turning into something special. And for Joe Burrow, they spent a first-round pick, a top-10 pick on Jamar Chase. Uh, like, it's it's important to give your quarterback help, and that can involve taking risks. And I don't think you can take those risks in the NFL if you don't have the job security. Like a lot of these, a lot of these franchises are being patient and letting their coaches build their build their team. With Mahomes, Andy Reid had basically full power because the Chiefs loved him and he he had been great. Sean McDermott, new head coach, they were willing to let him run his team his way. Same with Sirianni, Sirianni and Roseman. Roseman especially has that job security from the from the Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie. 
that he can go that he can go make the crazy trades and like he can trade Carson Wentz for a second round pick that turns into a first. He he can go trade for AJ Brown because they, he knows that he will still be there. Uh, with Tua, Mike McDaniel, brilliant young offensive mind. They let him take they let him take the reins with picking his with picking players and helping Tua out. It's you got to have that kind of vision to show that long term for your young quarterback, and you're seeing it pay off with all the top teams in the NFL that are replacing the old guard, the, the Patriots, the Packers, uh, and whoever Tom Brady's on in that in a given year. And I think what this shows is that the NFL as a whole is starting to shift towards understanding more what you need to look for in a young quarterback. You see busts still, but I don't think you're seeing them quite at the same rate that you see that you saw before, especially not for franchises with a vision. Uh, franchises that have realized, okay, we got to be a little more patient. We've done a lot of losing. We've we've got to figure this out. And. I think you saw it on the field, especially with Justin, with Justin Fields. You're starting to see the Bears have a vision for what they want from him. And maybe next year they go out and get a lot of help for him that they couldn't get this year. And suddenly he turns into that guy because he looks he's looked really good the last few weeks. He might be he might be settling down and they might have their future quarterback. And with te- sometimes teams get over-reliant on their young quarterbacks. You see it a lot with really good young quarterbacks that are young, that are that get too little help, and then by the time they get help, it's too late. You saw it with Tony Romo, where they wasted most of his prime years not floundering and drafting depth and being miserable. You see it with you're seeing it with Aaron Rodgers now, and his in most of his prime has been gone because the Packers just refused to help him. Essentially, uh, just with franchise quarterbacks in general, not just young quarterbacks, you really gotta you really gotta put more emphasis on the supporting cast because you know they're good. So why would you make it harder for them to do their jobs? Uh, so yeah, uh, that's about it really on this episode. There's just, I felt like it would be an interesting thing to talk about young quarterbacks and maybe how they failed or how they supported them. Uh, I, I could see Justin Fields breaking out of that class. Lamar, maybe he goes to a different team. Maybe the Ravens re-sign him and actually give him some help. Uh, and these quarterbacks are all getting support. They're thriving to nobody's real surprise. Uh, so hopefully this put a bigger light on why young quarterbacks need need help and why it's not a bad thing to give them help uh but that's really it the cowboys play the packers this week on sunday i'm excited for that game hopefully we can end the aaron Rodgers era at lambeau field uh i'm excited for that game and i hope y'all have a great night see ya